So you guys know The Rock, very successful professional wrestler. I've heard. Do you know who he was never able to defeat? <sighs> Time. The paper. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of success against the scissors. He really, really effed up the scissors. <laughs> Listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Midnight Boys Present Free Podcast. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined as always by my monkey-fearing friends. Joe and Duff. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Those monkeys were up to no good. So I had my, uh, my, one of my aunts, uh, her son lived in Panama for quite a while. And she would, uh, when I was a kid, she would always tell me stories about how, like, there's monkeys around there and they were very mean. <laughs> monkeys are incredibly mean. So, from far as my monkey knowledge, that's true in this movie. So we are uh, we're continuing our wrestling with Hollywood season, and we are uh, going with um, a, a, easily the guy who made the transition to Hollywood better than anyone else, uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Uh, and I'll be honest, guys, it was kind of hard to decide what movie to choose to talk about because his, all of his movies are bad. He's he's made a cu- he's made a couple. Really fun movies and a lot of bad movies. And I think part of it is that guy loves existing intellectual properties. Loves them. Can't get enough of them. Uh, To to be fair, which actor does not these days? True, true. But I'm just saying, like, I wanted to choose something that wasn't, like, in the middle of, like, you know, Fast and the Furious. There's, you know, there's a bunch of them. There's even a podcast, Cast Nefarious, where they're talking about him. Uh, you know, there's. There, I don't want to like jump into the. You know, Moana. How do you do that? That doesn't really make sense. I think. To- Mo- yeah, Moana is the only truly great movie he's been in, but that's yes. a different animal than all the live action movies. So instead, I chose the rundown, which we'll get to, and we'll see if if anyone enjoys it as much as I do. Uh, it, which is early rock, not built on an existing property uh and i don't know just silly just just you know let the boys go to the jungle and have a good time it is uh extremely 2003 yes very <laughs> uh, much so. in terms of just look and feel um it has stifler <laughs> it has stifler in it <laughs> Sean William Scott, who Sean William Scott, the pride of Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Oh, that's right. He's a Minnesotan. Yep. He walked so Ryan Reynolds could run (laughs) at at doing one one note performances over and over again for your entire career. Well, the uh, so this movie has The Rock and Stifler. They go to the jungle. They face off against Christopher Walken and Rosario Dawson's there as well. You know. Those are, those are, I'm a simple person sometimes, guys, and those are enough ingredients. Everything you surmise about this movie from the cover and a commercial you've seen is true. It is, yes. it is a Far Cry game, uh, just on screen. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of my friends and listener, uh, he said for many years this was his after bar movie. He would just he would just. I come mean, home I <laughs> I can see that, especially in if college age, and especially because like the first half is loaded. Like I think the first half is a lot of fun when we get all the fight sequences and silliness, and then you know it 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 peters out. But uh, I, I get that first like forty minutes. You're like, I want to put something stupid on while I sober up. And I eat would topper sticks. I would describe this movie as aggressively okay. <laughs> okay, well, I, I like it more than that. This movie sucks. What? <laughs> I hated it. So we re- much. we really run the gamut here. <laughs> Man, <laughs> like, seems like, like a weird like movie the to hate. Like has fight scenes, I guess, but they're just it, the the craft of it. It is so bad. Like you have, like that. The seat, this, uh, the first fight in the nightclub with the Rock is just. There's. It's never been more obvious that the actor doesn't know how to fight, which is really sad because the dude's a wrestler. I think it's a lot to do with the director too. Yeah, and who the, also sucks. The opening fight scene in this is terrible because number one, it has that you know frenetic MTV editing style, and then on yeah. top of that, it's like let's have strobes. Let's have a strobe light going on. It's got football players, guys. It's got Missy Elliott playing. I don't understand the complaints, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's a well. We, you're the Michael Bay of this podcast. It's a big. It's. I mean, I I get. You know, there are some big, dumb, loud movies I like that I can't really explain why. This is. This has already been washed from my brain. Like, I'm already struggling. I finished this, like, two hours ago, and I'm struggling to even, like, muster up what right. to say so, about well, it. Well, I, I mean, will... the, the reason is because, like, dumb movies, like, can still grab you because you like hanging out with the people that are in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think, like, The Rock is a charisma vacuum as, they, as an actor. This, as a wrestler, like, which where standards are a little lower, um, I think he's all right, I guess. I've never been a huge Rock fan, but I'll, like, admit he's definitely has a presence out there in movies like i just i genuinely just don't get it especially in like action movies like this one where he isn't given anything like really like funny to do at all where he has to be the straight man who so i I don't i don't get why anyone thinks he's good it baffles me but you would be in the minority on that if we look i i I, well that's why i said it baffles me okay i don't understand it okay um yeah i'm I'm a big fan when he's funny. He's not that funny in this movie. He's like sort of funny in that Jumanji remake. Um, yeah, that's probably yeah. like the only rock like live action movie I can think of that was sort of all right. Um, um, all right, well let's to, let's yeah. Let's, I guess we can keep going through the movie. Let's get I guess. into the rundown. Let's like talk about what happens in the movie, and then we can talk about Peter Berg and the Rock and his other movies. Um, so. Um, I, I don't need to go into much detail here, but essentially, the the Rock plays uh, this guy named Beck, who Beck. wants to become wants to open his own restaurant. It, it's like, <laughs> it's 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 so dumb, man. Like he's like he listening to- while he's waiting to go. Um, it opens in that nightclub scene which you referenced. He needs yeah. he to collect a ring as collateral because uh, this athlete owes fifty grand to a bookie. The Sharks. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, while he's waiting to go in, he's just listening to like what? Like, I guess it wouldn't have been a podcast. So that was I was going to bring that up. This is pre-podcast. Is just listening to like NPR an audio book? Maybe could be an audio book. Yeah, probably an audio book. 
That would make sense. So he so somewhere in his car is like one of those like plastic sleeves of CDs with different cooking audiobooks that he listens yeah, to man. before he's going to go in and and pummel people. Yep. <laughs> uh, great bit of character building there. So he he wants to get out of the business to make his to do his restaurant, but he's asked to get one last bounty, which is uh the the bookie's son played by Stifler, Sean William Scott. Poor Sean William Scott is just Stifler forever for everyone. Yeah, that um, sucks. And uh, so he has to go to uh, a mining town in Brazil, and uh, there we meet uh, the Rosario Dawson character, which I will say, fun thing about Rosario Dawson character in this movie, not a love interest. That is true. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. That's, you know, you would not think that would be the Especially case. Especially for this era and the market it was going towards. Yeah. Like, be, who, it was, this was pitched at, like, 20-year-old boys in 2003. Yeah, so like, that, each that of is... the three main characters kind of have their own angle here. And she gets yes. her own, like, genuine angle. Uh, like, she, yeah, she has more agency and independence than, like, the... 90% of women in Yeah, movies. yeah, especially in, this, especially in this genre. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they're all trying to get... They're all at a little angle. He's trying to get Stifler back. She's trying to save the local people who are being oppressed by um, um, Elon Musk's dad, played by um, <laughs> Christopher Walken. It is... And, I love in action movies where it's dudes who have no uh, knowledge of... Uh, geopolitical strife and there's like it's rebels they're part of the rebels yeah the rebels and it's always just referred to as rebels like it's star wars or something uh and anyways a bunch of a bunch of stuff happens while they're in brazil stuff stuff blows up real nice um there's there's some uh some uh drug antics from the the fruit yep a fruit there's there's a concern about a fish that swims up your aretha and then you have to get your penis removed mm-hmm. so was this after the scorpion king yes this is after the scorpion king this is i think his second man that dude just movie. came out of the gate swinging for franchises oh i mean his okay so let's talk about this franchise thing all right moana not a franchise yet jumanji and Ju- the second jumanji are based off a movie that's uh, a franchise yeah which yep. is based off of a book yeah but i guess okay. i mean I, that's not know um fast and the furious obviously is an existing franchise he joined jungle cruise is based off a theme ride um baywatch is based off a show oh my god i forgot about that rampage is based off a video game gi <laughs> joe uh also based off thing do you guys remember doom yes uh, i remember I haven't seen it, but I know there's like a first person kill session from The Rock's yes, perspective. I saw Doom in the theater, guys. <laughs> there's also wasn't he in a Hercules movie? What is he in? A, he's in Journey to the Center of the Earth. He was in that Escape to Witch Mountain, which is a remake of a franchise. Oh thing. yeah, I forgot about that. That's an impressive list of I totally forgot about it right there. GI Joe and Hercules and Doom. Uh, Skyscraper and San Andreas. I mean, I don't, I, I don't even know if those are two different movies. I was gonna bring up that uh, there was also The Rock's brief uh, tall buildings fall down period. <laughs> You know how, like, uh, Dylan had his, like, Christian period? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Rock had his uh, San Andreas Rampage, uh, what's the skyscraper? It's Dwayne oh, yeah. Johnson's Lost Weekend. <laughs> he was finding himself while making 
$150 million movies about buildings. I sort of looked at it as, thinking back, you know, my life was kind of falling apart, and I think that that kind of attracted me to these projects, metaphorically. Um, these, you know, skyscrapers but, falling down. I, here's a question. Is... Is is this something to be mad about, or is this something to be just be like, well, you know, it's I'm, I'm, I'm actually impressed. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. It's just it. I mean, I I've waxed rhapsodic about uh, like Arnold's career several times, and I don't need to rehash it. But like, it's it's just a case of a a, a guy who one of the few movie stars left that does not seem to use his power and influence and box office draw to make anything interesting get made. Oh, he, like, he doesn't wait, leverage well, his star power into anything that requires hard work or imagination. And I think what's interesting is he never tried to. Like, not even at the beginning. Like, he essentially was like, you know what, I can, I can, and we'll get to his wrestling career, but I can, like, either you know work 300 nights a year getting my you know my body messed up uh in wrestling or or i can get paid way more just showing up at a movie set for like five weeks and in in fairness i totally get it in Uh, fairness i you know maybe he was just smart enough to be like look i can't do indie movies i'm never gonna be because like you know we talked about how John Cena is just a hulk of a man, and The Rock is not, you know, much different. Like, no, it's probably so, maybe even bigger. You know, he's a he's a living cartoon, and just he he rolled with it. Why hasn't Dwayne Johnson been able to get a real director to make a movie with? Uh, the other funny thing is, I'm looking at uh, The Rock has his own production company. And they they aren't taking chances either, Joe. No, God, <laughs> what, what's it called? I maybe I'd recognize it. Uh, from Seven open. Bucks Productions. That that's how much money they spend on each screenplay. <laughs> what are some things either currently or in or coming down the pike? You're asking from, me or want? Yeah. What are what are some things they have in the hopper? Um, they did Shazam. <laughs> they did Skyscraper, Rampage, Jumanji, and Baywitch. 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 Baywatch would <laughs> okay. be awesome though. Did what about Baywitch, Baywatch guys? and Bewitched? Baywitch sounds like a great like straight to Redbox parody of Baywatch. <laughs> it's about like a witch in San Francisco or something. And you could spell it either B A Y and it could be like a water basing, or you could go B E Y Witch. Oh, is it like Beyonce, like the the Bayhive? Uh, yeah, or <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean I'm just saying, just throwing out ideas, you know. Um Call up uh, the Rock's company. <laughs> uh, Black Adam, which is a DC movie, which I think he'll be starring in. As yes, he, I, Black Adam, who apparently is the name of a superhero. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of um, that one. And uh, listen, guys, coming down the pike, we've got San Andreas two. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, he's just printing money. Yeah. Why hasn't? Why hasn't The Rock, or why hasn't Dwayne Johnson made a movie with Roland Emmerich yet? Oh man, maybe that's who he's maybe that's who he's aiming at. You know, he should maybe be in that. He should be in that movie about the moon falling down or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm, we, we should all find a way to see that together. Uh, so you know, like I said, Dwayne Johnson, man, he enjoys he enjoys existing properties, easy money, and he, that's what it, he wants. Is he? He's the biggest star in the world, right? Like Joe I mean, that's the thing, right? He like might Joe be. Like Joe said, it's like he's one of the last 
movie stars. It's probably him and like Will Smith. Maybe Tom Cruise can still kind of get a good showing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like people who can just like where it can be. It's Dwayne Johnson doing this. And people are like, that seems fine. I'll, there, I'll go do that, that. That list is very short these days. Yeah. It, it really is. Because, um, because now like the move, the new movie stars are uh, like, uh, Dwayne figured out are their franchises where it's people don't get excited about a Dwayne Johnson movie. They're excited about a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or whatever. What I think Joe really wants to dig into here is this movie is directed by Peter Berg. Um, Peter Berg is, I would say Peter Berg is like a, that guy of like TV and movie projects where like, I don't think he has a stamp at all, but you'd be like, Oh, he did that. And it's like a weird combination of stuff that he's done. Well, I think in this, in the last decade, he like really leaned in and found what his calling and his voice was, which was making movies for like suburban dads who watch a tragedy on TV and, and say out loud to their kids, uh, I, if I would have been there, everything would have been fine. <laughs> uh, and he teams up with uh, Mark Wahlberg, who is like the movie star with that with that mentality the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I, didn't Mark Wahlberg like literally say if he would have been on the plane on nine eleven, it wouldn't have happened. I think he did. It, or is that just something it. like people have attributed to him and it's so believable that everyone just assumes it's true? I'm pretty sure he implied I, – I don't know if he flat out said it, but I think he implied something like that. He's like, boy, if I'd have been there, whoa, different story, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, we, last week we talked about Hulk Hogan. Uh not a funny lie, but kind of a funny lie <laughs> when you can – you know, you can't prove it. You well, can't yeah, prove I it. mean, you can't really call it a lie. Yeah, because like it's actually maybe it kind of rocks. Actually, now I I was mad about it when I was thinking about it earlier, but now like like Mark Wahlberg is just so aggressively stupid that it kind of goes all the way around the globe and becomes pretty awesome. But anyway, so Peter Berg sucks. Um, I if I guess I I obliquely reference. So he basically just made a, a series of films with Mark Wahlberg where he played different people who tried to save the day at real life tragedies. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, both two of them came out the same year. So Deepwater yep. Horizon and then Patriot's Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he and do then, that Lone Wolf Survivor? The Lone Survivor, which yep. is largely uh, based on everything I've read, made up. Like in the first decade of the, you know, the, the aughts, like the rundown, which like I you know like obviously I don't like it, but it's it is just trying to be good harmless fun, mm-hmm. and then uh, like at the end of the decade he made Hancock, which again is just trying to like be a little bit of a th- that's the superhero one with Will Smith, right? Yeah, yeah. that's yes. trying to be like kind of a little bit different. I don't know, I never watched it, but then yeah, in the last ten years it's just all stuff for like dads who drive huge pickup trucks but have never actually used the bed of the truck for anything other than to sit on um there's also before we get into the rocks for i just want to bring up i did do some research on the penis fish okay that was i I, I knew you guys were concerned well Um, i i saw you added it on there and i didn't uh know if you're going to i i have a lot on the dick fish (laughs) oh okay (laughs) all right well duff why don't you take it why don't you why don't you grab a hold of that dick fish and let us know about it? Ah! What is that? Sea Monster Facts. I guess it is kind of a cryptid because, uh, from all accounts, this penis fish does not actually exist. 
Well, it exists, but it doesn't do what people are afraid it does, right? Like, there is a fish so called the Kandaroo. The fish is real, but... Yes. So what I did is I made a timeline of, <laughs> of, the, t- of the tall tales involving, okay. involving the dick fish. Okay. Um, so this goes back a long way. And basically, this is classic, like, white dudes were probably getting played by the natives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, this goes back to 1836... Edward Puppig uh, documented a statement by a local physician in Para, I'm not sure where that is, said he had an eyewitness account of a case where the Kandiru had entered a human orifice. Uh, However, this was reported as a woman's vagina rather than a male urethra. So right right off the bat, we've got like a my cousin knew a guy type thing. Yeah. Uh, 1855, (laughs) a French naturalist. He says that an Araguay fisherman told him it's dangerous to urinate in the river as the fish springs out of the water and penetrates the urethra. I mean, that's se- terrifying. Yeah, but that's just like, it's like, hey, let's tell the gringo that this fish is going to jump into his dick. And I understand, but if that was me in 1860 and some dude told me that, I would be terrified. Yeah, I would, I would be cautious just in case. Uh, 1858, German biologist... Uh, was told by native people that men would tie ligatures around their penises while going into the river to prevent this from happening. <laughs> you gotta tie it up, man. 1891, someone provided a, quote, rare firsthand account of a Kandiru entering a human body, uh, except that it was a woman's vagina. So that's a big difference. And then, this is a wild sentence, uh, LeCointe, this is the person, removed the fish himself by pushing it forward to disengage the spines, turning it around, and removing it head first. Boy. Hmm. Yeah. That's no good. I don't like it. No. This uh, is the scariest cryptid we've talked about in my mind. Uh, and then hmm. the on- then this brings us up more or less to present day. The only <laughs> supposed uh, actual case is in 1997. This dude said that it went to his urethra while he was in a river. He traveled to Manaus and had it removed by a urologist. Mm -hmm. But then, like, two years later, this guy traveled to Brazil to investigate it. He, apparently, there was videotape of the operation, and (laughs) this guy had the fish preserved in formaldehyde, and there are just a lot of inconsistencies. Like, Um, what? how big is this fish supposed to be? Oh, I, I have... I will tell you. Okay. And that's, oh, no. So the patient claimed the fish had darted out of the water, up the urine stream, and into his urethra. Like, we, how weak can... is your stream, bro? Well, let's not be let's not be stream shaming. I mean, like, what is this? Like a salmon? Uh, so the documentarian, or the documentation and specimen provided indicate a fish that was 133 millimeters in length and had a head with a diameter of 11 millimeters. So. Okay. Do the math. So that's like it five does, inches. Doesn't really work out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Good. So depends on what, <laughs> who we're talking about here. <laughs> what do you mean five inches? Will Chamberlain better watch out? 133 millimeters, right? That's like five inches. Ten, yeah, ten. So it'd be 13 centimeters. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. That's the, um, well. I mean, it would it would it would easily fi- have room in mind, but I don't know. About <laughs> Like this this dude also claimed that the fish <laughs> had chewed its way through the wall of the urethra into the scrotum, which apparently the fish does not have the right teeth or strong enough 
muscles to do that. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of holes in this story, much like the hole from his urethra into his scrotum. This oh, is a good cryptid, boy. though. This is the best cryptid. I think I think that the just it, the people lying about sticking things up their dick, they're like, oh, I gotta make something up. As <laughs> opposed to the true cryptid stories that we've heard. Wow. Like, it, it's just kind of like a nice little fun remix on all the Richard Gere stories. Or um, Duff, know. will you get a tattoo of this dick fish? Can that be your next one? I mean, just going up. Like, could you take the, like, like the Calvin actual, peeing? So, like, the actual fish or, like, what we're imagining this dick fish take looks the like? Calvin, the Calvin pissing. Uh, <laughs> and, and then a and little fish swimming up it. A little uh, fish swimming up it. What if I combine Calvin peeing and the Jesus fish? Um, well, is that what the scripted looks like? Looks like what we want it to look like. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Can't wait to see it next week. <laughs> um, all right. Well, guys, can we, we got to jump into The Rock's career a little bit. All right. Uh, mean, like wrestling right. career. Wrestling career, yes. All right. Um, uh, Rock's career is interesting because uh, if you don't know, he is from a very, very famous wrestling family. Uh, and uh, once he decided to become a wrestler – he, you know, obviously he looks great, and he's got this wrestling family background. So he, he you know, he gets into WWE, and uh, he uh, he starts to uh, kind of pretty quickly impress people in, like, the development area. And so in 1996, he makes his debut at Survivor Series. Now, my son and I watched this a few weeks ago, and the early rock is much different than the rock that we all know he is uh, kind of like a Polynesian warrior. Uh, he was Rocky Malvia. And 1996 is an interesting time in wrestling because uh, we have a, like a change is happening where it's kind of going from like the Hulk Hogan. You know, the, the earlier wrestlers we've talked about are very fun but silly, right? We talked about Andre the Giant, who's just a big giant. And it was Hulk bridging Hogan. into the Attitude Era. Yeah, not quite yet, but close. We are bridging into it. And we had, like, you know, Hulk Hogan, who's just, like, take your vitamins and say your prayers and be good. Uh, and The Rock, they throw a similar thing, right? Just a clean-looking, good-looking baby face guy. And he debuts at Madison Square Garden at Survivor Series. And let me tell you guys, the crowd is not a fan. Because this is, <laughs> this is the 90s, and like wrestling is starting to change. And people want things a little edgier. And they bring out some guy, and they're like, oh, look at it. He's part of a wrestling family, and he looks great, and he's a hero. And everyone just boos him. <laughs> and like they kind of keep pushing him, and the crowds keep booing him. There's like famously like Rocky Sucks chants, uh, Die, Rocky, Die. <laughs> like people oh aren't a fan at all. So they kind of quickly, uh, and, and, and Dwayne Johnson gets credit for this too, but they kind of like start to redo his character. And one thing I'd heard is, uh, you know, someone had heard like a Deion Sanders interview, and Deion Sanders had talked in the third person. And they're like, you should do that. You can start talking in the third person. And so we kind of have this move to the rock. He joins the Nation of Domination, which is kind of like a fun little uh, uh, a group stable? of wrestlers, yeah, stable. That was fun, and he kind of like pretty quickly, even though he wasn't tabbed as kind of the leader, pretty quickly like he starts getting on the microphone, and it's good. And before you know it, he starts to become a star. And like, what's wild to me about The Rock is, like I said, '96 he starts. Um, you know, the rundown comes on 2003. So, uh, Scorpion King was what two thousand 
too. Yeah, so not not too like, long before. Essentially, in like five or six years, he went from like having his first match in WWE to being a major star and beginning to transition already to Hollywood, which is like a meteor. Like it's an insanely fast rise. Yeah, it's meteoric um, and also smart because you know, from you know when you know you're going to be doing action movies, you only have so many years. Wrestling is really really hard on your body. <laughs> um, yeah, this is our fourth wrestler we've talked about. Uh, two of them are dead. Yeah, we've talked about. <laughs> so uh, somehow Hulk Hogan is still going, uh, or maybe he's lying about that. I'm Peter sure. Thiel's pumping uh, blood into him. <laughs> yeah, uh, so he becomes like a really big star, and, and we won't get into. But in WrestleMania, there's three WrestleManias where the main event is Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, and it's like a really great trilogy of matches because those two guys were just like insanely popular and it was an insanely popular time in wrestling. And this shows my ignorance because I was only, I was absorbing it secondhand, but so the rock started as heel and then eventually morphed into kind of anti-hero almost. The the rock can be whatever you want the rock to be. I mean, he, he, he could be a heel. He can be a face. It can work either way because ultimately he's so good on the microphone that he could do whatever you need him to do. Um, mm-hmm. So in 1999, he uh, is in the Royal Rumble against Mankind, who's just a, a delightful wrestler. Uh, and this is famous because I don't know if you guys have seen the documentary Beyond the Mat. Um, but that was a documentary that was done looking at uh, different wrestlers. I think it was like Man- Mick Foley, who's Mankind, and, and Terry Funk, uh, and uh, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, I think were the three they, they yeah. looked at. But this has a match in 99, and this is when they would, like, chair shots, like, hitting a wrestler with a chair was happening a lot in the late 90s. And there was, like, you would do unprotected hits to the head. That you don't see anymore. You you never see that. Well, uh, and was this, this was pre, was this before What's-His-Name died in the ring from the... Oh, Owen Hart? Yeah. yeah. It was around the same time, actually. Maybe, like, within a couple months. Uh, maybe a few months before, but anyways, uh, in this in this I quit match they were gonna have whoever says I quit would win. Um, they had agreed to do like a handful of chair shots that would hit mankind. I think the Rock did eleven of them, God. and they are they are tough to watch. I actually usually I rewatch stuff before we talk about it. I did not want to rewatch this because I don't really want to see someone get hit. 11 times with a metal chair. Um, and what makes it tough is in the Beyond the Mat documentary, they're with his family, like his wife and his kids. This and is they're watching, Yeah, and they're watching him take these chair shots over and over again and then like, interview him afterwards. He has no idea where he is. Uh, it's pretty tough. I, I don't necessarily think The Rock is the bad guy in that. It's more of just where wrestling was at at that point. So the other, the other thing I wanted to mention, and um, in WrestleMania... 18, which is also around the time the rundown came out. Maybe Scorpion King, I think it already came out at this point. Um, maybe not entirely sure on the timing. But they had a Hulk Hogan versus The Rock match. This is at WrestleMania 18. And it was uh, in, in the Sky Dome in Toronto. So there's like 68,000 people. And Well, Hulk guys, Hogan said there was 150,000 people. There. Yeah. <laughs> this match... Is one of those matches which is great if you turn the sound up. 
because the crowd I honest to God, guys, I don't know if I've ever seen a crowd so hot in my entire life. They are losing it. I mean, before they even touch, like when those two are like, you know, facing each other, Hogan versus Rock, the crowd is losing it. And the other thing is this is like early aughts. So there's two things that make it even more special in my mind that date it. Number one, uh, we still have flash bulbs. People still have cameras of flashes. So that's just flashes are going off all over the crowd. Number two, air horns, guys. Yeah. You got air horns going off. It is a incredibly fun match because, I mean, it is just icon versus icon. And the crowd is losing it. I mean, absolutely losing it. It's um, very fun. The other thing we got to talk about, and I actually was going to mention this, and I see Joe, I think, put this in the notes, uh, simply asks tit surgery. Yeah, yeah, we have to address it. (laughs) We have to address it. I've never gotten a good conclusive answer on this. He absolutely did. The evidence I have seen is very convincing, but, like, has – I don't – I'll admit I I didn't dig very deep, but did he ever – he hasn't admitted to it. I think he has admitted it. Okay. Like so, pectoral implants were, were no, saying? no. Actually, the opposite. So he had breast reduction done. <laughs> he had hoops. So his he like essentially he was always ripped. Like he earned that body, but like he kind of had like kind of you know fatty nipples a little bit, mm-hmm. and so he decided I think pretty early in his wrestling career to get breast reduction surgery done to kind of tighten it up a little bit. So uh, yeah, Joe, fix his nips. Joe, I'm gonna need like a an Oliver Stone-esque deep dive from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that That really is where we have to bring Meeks into it because he has examined a lot of forensics evidence on this case. <laughs> like, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, uh, he, he, he has a lot to say about, like, wardrobe choices around this time, like, before and after. Like, he's really broken down how, how easy it is to tell. The other thing I wanted to mention, just because I think it's funny... Um, there is, I think, a through line from um, from Hulk to The Rock in that they're both great talkers, The Rock even more so. Um, but also, like, The Rock was a much better wrestler than the, than Hogan. But, like, they had their moveset. And they yeah, had, it's annoying. like, moves that people would go crazy for. And one of the more famous moves that The Rock had is the, is the people's elbow. Now... The story behind the people's elbow makes me appreciate the people's elbow more. All the people's elbow is, is once the guy was on the ground on his back, the rock would stand over the guy, and then he would remove his uh, elbow pad and throw it in the crowd, and he would run from one rope to the other and then slow down and then lay and just drop an elbow on on the wrestler. And he called it the most electrifying move in sports entertainment. And the crowd would go crazy for it. And apparently where it came from is when he was starting to, like, become really popular, some of the other wrestlers, I think he was doing a house show or something, it came up, like, I wonder if you could get an elbow drop over. Like, could you do an elbow drop and make people go crazy? And so he did it as, like, a joke, and the crowd went crazy. And then he did it, at like, he kind of kept doing it at house events, and the crowd kept losing it. So eventually he just, like, started doing it for real. So... It is an extremely stupid move. I, lo- but- I like that. I mean, I, I get how if you see it 
more than a couple times it gets annoying but i like that it's one of those intangible things like you don't know why it worked but it did it's kind of like his movie career (laughs) like (laughs) it's simple you don't really quite know why everyone's going crazy but it works so why not just keep doing the people's elbow why not just keep making skyscraper movies, buddy? I, I, I mean, I don't blame The Rock for anything he's done. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, that's sort of like The Rock's career. Like I said, as a talker, like on the mic, he's very, very good and um, very funny. Sometimes he does, like, return. I did read that one of the reasons you'll see some of his earlier movies, he's The Rock in them. Uh, and you'll see that I think part of it is I think he had to pay – or the movie had to pay right to WWE had to get some credit because The Rock, I think, was owned by WWE. Like uh, as a, it was trademarked. A, trademarked. Wait, was so, it WWE Films uh, part of the... The rundown. Yeah. yeah. So I think eventually as... Uh, I think a couple things happened. As his career got bigger in movies, I think there was some pressure from Hollywood that's like, you can't be a major movie star if you're still a wrestler. Like, people won't take you seriously. So he, you know, ended up leaving wrestling and changing to Dwayne Johnson and... I worked out. I mean, it was the right move. Um, but it's funny, though, because he's, even by people who have never watched wrestling, call him The Rock. Everyone knows. Although, you know, I have heard stories because sometimes he'll come back and, like, show up for, like, a WrestleMania or be in a match. And I've heard stories of people, like, watching it with their kids and their kids be like, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy from Jumanji. He's wrestling. Oh, I'm sure. He's. I mean, he's. You know, there's been enough time for the people. I mean, you said you watched it with Sam, but I'm sure that there, there's there been an entire generation plus since he made his yeah. ring debut. Yeah, so they just know him as a movie actor and like, oh, isn't that weird? He's going to be in a wrestling ring? Um, So the other thing I was going to – I see on here, Dolphin, I'm guessing this might be you, Jungle Movies. Uh, Again, I wasn't wild about this movie. I mean, it was okay. Um. I thought it was kind of sad how this movie has much better effects than Jungle Cruise, which just came out. Mm. And I mean, we've, you know, I think anyone who's listened to us for more than 10 minutes knows we've beaten the CGI versus practical effects thing to the ground. But but it's pretty wild. And I was curious, you know, I'm like... Obviously, I don't think either of these movies are going for realism, so I think it's a fair comparison. And I looked it up, and I was like, all right, well, how much did uh, Rundown cost, and how much did uh, Jungle Cruise, uh, which is, you know, Disney at the height of its power thus far. Thus far. Yeah. (laughs) So the rundown was made for $85 million, which is a pretty big budget in those mm-hmm. days, which is $128 million today. And okay. the Jungle Cruise cost $200 million. And Jungle Cruise looks way worse, in my opinion. <laughs> it is just astounding to me how, you know, it's kind of like the the emperor the emperor has no clothes type situation where it's just like, it's like, oh, we got to get effects guy get some good visual effects guy get the computer guys like why don't you just do you know do some models or go on location it's cheaper yeah i, I yeah i don't know i mean i wonder how much that is just because of like the stars cost more money right 
they for, they do but, and they don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, obviously, The Rock and Emily Blunt got a huge payday, but I'm guessing that more of their money will come that they were promised back on profits. Oh, uh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. But I and I feel like this is just across the board. Like these movies end up costing so much money, and you know, you just it's sad when you just look at older movies and it's like, this costs like a hundred million dollars less and looks a little better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I, I, it's a, I, I think I should probably do some research on cause I'm with you. I wondered all the time where I'm like, why is like, why have we kind of hit a cap on like how CGI looks like it, it, it's wild to me. That I, I think can, time constraints is a big part of it. Well, they like that is one of the most abused parts, uh, like areas of film production, is they they farm this out to like non-union CGI shops, mm. and I mean it. They they basically have the same working conditions. It, it's like video game crunch. Yeah, yeah, that they're doing these movies on. So that is why, like, you watch a movie like Black Widow or whatever, and the CGI is just laughably bad. Because they don't they don't sink real money and real time into it anymore, and they just hoisted in these these firms that just work people to death and expect results fast, fast, fast. I mean, yeah. it, it it really is like you could tell the difference between a movie that that actually is doing it right and not, and a movie that isn't. It, it it's I would say the average movie the CGI is easily worse than it was fifteen years ago. Without question, right? I, I mean, I always think about, you know, this is Titanic Minute reference, but I always think always um, about the the James Cameron thing about Titanic and how, you know, to do special effects well, you don't want to linger too much on one effect. You keep switching it up, right? So, like, Titanic has CGI, but also has model work, and it also has, like, you know, like a real ship they built, and you switch between the three of them, and you never give someone's eye a chance to be like, well, that's made up. That's funny yeah. right there. I, I do think another big part of it is what Joe just said. I was thinking about, um, you know, the difference between, like, Lord of the Rings, which was in production for, like, how many years? And Yeah, a very long time. Yeah. And was, like, a passion project. And now you have, you know, uh, <laughs> most of them are owned by Disney. But, I mean, you have all these franchises where, like, the schedule is set before the movie even has a title where it's just like untitled uh, Black Panther sequel is coming out in 2023, so you have to have it done. I think the thing when I was watching the rundown that really made me think about current movies is I was like, man, if this was today, those monkeys would be CGI and they'd look terrible. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, if it was made today, maybe we would have gotten to see that penis fish. CGI. <laughs> also, also, if it was made today, it would be 148 minutes, and then there'd be like a trilogy, uh, a prequel trilogy. It would absolutely be 140 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Um, in this movie, the Rock's character wants to, wants to get out of the the bounty hunting business or the retrieval business. Or I guess he doesn't kill people. Well, he does. Just, He's a, a fixer, I guess. Yeah. Um, what would your, you know, let's say you guys are deciding you want a, a different career. You want to save that money up for your and, own restaurant. and throw it away uh, in like the worst business idea you can possibly have. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
what would you what would you, what, what what are you doing? And I could start if you guys would like me to. Yeah. Do you mean like what kind of cuisine would we specialize sure. in? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anything. Anything you got. Back of the napkin. Kind of tell me what your restaurant idea is. All right. Yeah. You can go first. All right. So here's mine, and I, and you guys have heard this take before. Um, first part's not surprising. Pizza place. Okay. Right. Christ. I, like I know pizza. where this is going. Uh, I think I've heard this before. But here's the thing, guys. You can only order the specialty pizzas. We're yeah. not doing. You can't create your own pizza. I know you're a fascist pizza dictator. <laughs> yeah, you're like the the the, the soup Nazi. Yeah, but for well, pizza. yeah, I am in that. Listen, we're creating the thing. You know, it's 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 you don't come in here and and order people around. You can order <laughs> what we have or not. Well, are you going to offer like? Is one of the house pizzas going to be like a classic, just you know, pepperoni pizza, or Absolutely. is it all? Yeah, is you it can all do a just going to be? So you, so by specialty pizzas, you mean just fixed topping arrangements. So yeah. you're you're just gonna buy an Ian's, basically. I mean, kind of, yeah, but yeah, you can't you can't go and be like, oh, and I like a little of this, and then can you remove that? And I'd like half the pizza to have this, and then get out of here. Is that Woody Order, Al- was that Woody Allen ordering a pizza? <laughs> Order one of these like. 12 specialties. That's what we do. They're called specialties. We're a restaurant that does specialties. Order a specialty. All right. That's my thing. All right. So, no, no. The customer is not ever right. <laughs> well, you know what? You've seen customers. Often they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop pretending they're right. I mean, I'm okay with that attitude for sure. Uh, all right. What do you guys have? I'll go. Mine is... Uh something that has kind of disappeared from the midwestern landscape and that's a supper club oh okay and uh that's it's you know it's nothing really fancy it's just you know it's prime rib steaks chicken and fish and it's where you know it it used to be like that's where you go for the fish fry on friday because of lent Mm -hmm. uh you know you get you go you get some prime rib you have a a good a good cocktail yeah yeah so, so do you, not, uh, what should we name your supper club? Duff's. Hmm. I yeah. Duff's Supper Club. Where where I is mean, it going to be located? On a lake. You have to be on a lake somewhere. I think. Uh, that property's more expensive, but yeah, I'll have to. I'll do a lot of bounties for that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of retrievals. Yep. Uh, Joe, how about you? You know, I I've, I have always thought it would be pretty cool to have like a really good barbecue place. Okay. Um, and called sloppy joe's <laughs> yeah it's the closest like restaurant style like thing to like my current working hours although i'd have to wake up even earlier if i had a barbecue place that i'd have to like get get the smokers going at like two in the morning but like i sort of like the idea you getting there early in the morning before the sun comes up and sipping your coffee and getting the getting the meat on the smokers and trimming everything up and getting it ready and then close shutting down whenever you run out of food or you know after lunchtime Mm -hmm. whichever comes first um they there aren't really very many good genuinely good barbecue places in in the midwest Mm -hmm. Um, certainly not around here in in wisconsin so it'd be kind of neat if i could find a way to do that well up here so i I think that'd be fun to have a barbecue place would you would you would you take uh like other regional barbecues or would you try to create your own like Midwest barbecue? Yeah. I've, I've actually thought about this, like a way to make like, you know, you got your Kansas city style, your Memphis style, Mm -hmm. Carolina style, Texas, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) what would Wisconsin style be? Uh, 
bad for you. I can tell you that. It would have to involve beer, involving alcohol in some way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think there needs to be beer in there somehow. Uh, I can tell you what I'm not going to make. I'm not going to open yeah. up a small plates restaurant. Ugh. Listen, no one wants to share. I'm like, tired what, what is with, like, I, I just Ugh. saw in uh, the uh, the local newspaper website, like, there's, like, another, sm- like, new small plates restaurant opening up, I don't know, somewhere around here. And I was like, no. I can't believe that hasn't run its course already. Joe, I'm so, it's rare. I mean, look, that's not, it. it's nice when we agree on something with food. Uh, because yeah, I think I'm we with usually you, man. agree. I don't know why you said it. Like, I feel you. like we have a pretty similar. Uh, I haven't seen that as much here. Um, I do like tapas, but ugh. get out of here. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in Spain, <laughs> sure. Well, it's get just, it, I like, did get real. I don't. There aren't an abundance of them that I've seen around here. Maybe it's making its way. And, and the, dif- the difference is like in like where like that sort of tradition came from. Like th- these are like little snacks that you're getting like with your beer at the bar in Spain and stuff like that. Like it- it's good food, very cheap, or maybe even just coming free with your drinks. Right. In, uh, in America, it is a plate of food that is way smaller than they're used to, but costs twice as much. It's it. Look, I, when I go out to eat, I want it, well, not even when I go out to eat. When I eat, I want to eat. You know, I want a <laughs> this meal. This is the most American thing. I, I mean, well, I, I, I want a meal, man. I don't want to. I don't want to like sit there and be like, well, you could go. You could order two to four small plates if you'd like. Like what? How many? Depends how hungry you are. What are they? What size are they? Well, you could share them too. Wait, now how am I supposed to figure this out? Let's take the frustration of trying to get you and your friends to agree on pizza toppings, which yeah. would be less of an issue, I suppose, at Rob's restaurant. The Absolutely are not an issue. And, uh, Solved. <laughs> and then let's let's attach it to menu items where uh, various items, various part people in your party will not know what the ingredients are. Yep. And yep. it's unclear how much food is actually going to be on that plate. Like, yep. oh, all you know uh, braised short ribs. Like... Okay, how many <laughs> ribs are going to be on it? Then you have to, like, uh, there's four of us. Like, if we get one of those, will each of us get a rib? Because you, you can't split get one a bite. rib. You each get a bite. That's like, yeah, do we, do we have to nibble? On, each of us gets an end, like like Lady and the Tramp. It's a nightmare. And then we live in the Midwest, <laughs> and no one yeah, takes Yeah, it's, it, that's definitely the right use of the word nightmare. It's, <laughs> it's a, a nightmare. nightmare. I hate it. I hate it. I I I'm going to a I'm going to a birthday uh uh thing for a friend's birthday in a few days and where we're going to they have like small plates and like shareable plates and I was like mm, nah. the anxiety already I'm like now what do I do that, that's a great uh, like like Rob's slash curb episode is <laughs> is like some places will have the small plates and then they'll also have entrees. And then or, you're just the one person will... at the party. Everyone's like, oh, why don't we just get a bunch of uh, the small plates to split? And Rob's like, no, I'm going to get Absolutely a Absolutely not. I don't want to share. This, this, like, you know, people always use the Ikea thing, like, as a relationship killer or a relationship proving ground. Right? Yeah. Like, I think maybe a small plates restaurant is a truer test of a relationship. Like, if you can go on a date with somebody and navigate that, process of selecting the dishes and i don't even know how many friendships i could survive doing this (laughs) well like we'd be fine like the two of us because each of us would just order like five plates for ourselves yeah (laughs) so we'd just be like let's just get a bunch of them like we'll eat it (laughs) 
God, we're such like 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 we're such little fat Wisconsin boys. It's I'm not above doing the thing where like I don't even try to hide that I'm like looking around, but like, what does that guy have? How big is that? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh yeah, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, we're like the people in Wally. <laughs> well, really, like really, what you do is you just say, tell tell your server just just bring us your five favorite plates, the five things you think are the best. Do you mm. that? Don't even think about what you're gonna order unless you've got someone in your group has allergies or something. Just name the number of plates you want. Say you you pick. Give us your best stuff. Also, the more things you have to order off the menu, that's more words I have to figure out how to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point too. Yeah. Just uh, be like just be like my dad and hold up the menu and point at the. Yeah. Also, my pizza place is going to have numbers on each of the pizzas. <laughs> I was pizzas. just gonna say I'll have the number three. Yeah. That's fine. All right, guys. <laughs> anything else you want to add? <laughs> no, we've. I mean, we've. You know, we've talked about restaurants, dick fish, the whole everything. This is yeah. This is what people came here for: nipple surgeries. <laughs> um. <laughs> so uh, next week we are going to talk about. I believe when we asked our uh, our patrons which movie we wanted we should talk about, this was number one in votes. People want us talking about hunks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about Magic Mike, uh, which has Kevin Nash in it. Who, to be fair, isn't does not have a huge role in it. Um, but either way, it'll be fun to talk about a Soderbergh movie. Maybe, maybe we people. could rank the hunks in that movie. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Hunk ranking. Um, and uh, yeah, so we talk about Magic Mike. And if you want to get more content, you can go to Patreon.com/slash The Midnight Boys. And uh, guys, I just can't wait to go order some small plates with you and see if we can. <laughs> If the Midnight Boys can survive. <laughs> I'm excited to silently shuffle into a cold steel restaurant and hold up two fingers and have a predetermined pizza served to me. <laughs> Rob will also pick the size you get. Yeah. 